0: What would you like the power to
1: do? Mobile banking
0: requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome in to episode 248 of the Sources Say podcast, your go-to Kentucky basketball and recruiting podcast on the growing KSR podcast network. Sources Say is, as always, presented by our good friends at Justice Dental, stressed about the big game or where you stressed about the big game. Take advantage of their special offer for KSR listeners and protect your teeth from clenching and grinding for a limited time. They are offering uh, uh, 20% off fight guards and discounted therapeutic dice sport injections. Click the link in our show notes to schedule your free consultation. Offer ends April 4th. I am your host, Jack Pilgrim of Kentucky Sports Radio. Um, I would say I'm very happy to be hosting this show, but unfortunately I'm not, because it is a sad day. We are driving home from Greensboro, North Carolina. Um, Sad, again, another road trip home, Stephen, where we're not very happy, but uh, had to take my trusty road trip partner, Stephen Peake, as I've said many times on this show, the most passionate UK fan I know personally and our go-to videographer who's getting this little setup going as we're driving uh, back home to Kentucky. Stephen, again I'm sorry that (laughs) it has to come to this and we, I I wish I could just get you on for a fun show where we're excited and talking about oh let's book our flight to New York City and man I can't wait to stay in in Times Square oh Madison Square Garden is going to be amazing I wish we could be doing that but unfortunately that's just not the
1: reality today on this uh, Monday afternoon. I was really excited about getting a return trip to New York City the first one um, was a fun trip not a fun game I I was really looking forward to it and I kind of thought in the second half I started thinking that oh my gosh what we're gonna we're gonna get back and immediately have to get either back on the road or get a flight to New York City. Uh, I really believed it was happening, I, and it's weird because I I don't know. Don't listen to me. I'm really pessimistic, you know. And you know you know that I, I like to uh, expect the worst and, and hope for the best. That it's not a it's not the best way to go through your life, but it's just. And I, the whole day I kind of thought that Kentucky probably wasn't going to win just because of the way the season has gone. Not because I thought Kansas State was world beaters or not. Certainly didn't expect Reeves and top to play like that I thought though up eight in the second half I thought we would be coming we would be driving back and we would be giddy. and we're now getting ready to enter the state of Kentucky we're coming back with an L disappointing Kentucky loses in the second round we get
0: a very happy optimistic go we got the monkey off of our back after the win over Providence on Friday they followed up with a 75 69 loss to the 3 seed Kansas State. Wildcats to get knocked out. Another year um, that we unfortunately do not get the chance to um, advance, it's a season of what ifs and man, how close were we to this and why can't we just get consistency across the board? Uh, for for whatever reason, it, the the season of ups and downs, like almost this game was was to a T. Just how we've been feeling all year long about. I, I think I even said on the last show that we did that. Well, you know that you know what you're going to get out of Jacob Toppin, and you know what you're going to get out of Antonio Reeves. You know what you're going to get out of Oscar Sheetway, As long as you get Casean Wallace, C J Frederick, or Chris Livingston, and one of those three, I feel good about Kentucky's chances. You get. C.J. to finally make a a shot from three, Cason Wallace plays out of his mind one of his best games as a Wildcat, Chris Livingston plays, for my money, the best game as a Kentucky Wildcat, but these stable forces that we've seen all season long that have done really, really, really good things, especially in the back half of the season, they come up short, Combined two for 22 for the Kentucky Wildcats, and as you said, Stephen, an eight-point lead in the second half uh, ends up being a six-point loss. So um, just a season of inconsistencies,
1: striking at the worst time. So can we, can we go back to like the, the first half where Kansas State shot, what were they, 0 for 12 or something like that from three? They, they it was, and there was a moment, well let's go, actually let's go back to like the, the first four minutes. It's six to three and it felt like it was six to three for like most of my life. Like, they just, the score never changed, and Kansas State kept missing shots, and you just thought, man, if Kentucky can get a couple buckets and just get this. Do you remember when Kansas State, last time they played them, Kentucky got down 13-1? to And although Kentucky didn't come back and take the lead, it felt 13-1 to just felt, like, almost insurmountable. I think if Kentucky just could have pushed that lead, obviously, they got a few more points. But, man, it was, it's just the whole season, like you said, that the, the inconsistencies i mean there was a time in the game where kentucky couldn't be stopped i mean they couldn't stop kansas state either but kentucky couldn't be stopped but when they when kansas state didn't score kentucky didn't score when kentucky started scoring kansas state started scoring why 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 was that the case and i and i think one of the things that frustrated me the most was when kentucky would get a bucket i'll, I'll, I'll just be honest i didn't see a lot of the game especially the second half because i was walking the concourse because i was nervous and i was getting ready for to do our, our post game stuff but i was also just walking the concourse nervous and I, but i was listening to the pa i could see the game i'd see i'd hear basket by wallace and in three seconds later i hear basket by noel and i'm like how they're literally just beating out a look at the replay they're just beating him straight line drive right up right get the ball out of the basket go score and i'm like how are we not getting back i don't did kentucky have a problem with that all year i don't think that they did uh, but you, and you follow the team more closely. You actually watch the games, pay attention to them. Um, I'm more just like a fan, just take, taking in the experience of being nervous in March. But, uh, did that, was that something that happened all season or was that new? Like
0: what happened? Not, not to that extent, and I think, uh, yeah, d- defensive breakdowns, just however they were coming, and I, I really did think Kentucky had a, a great defensive game plan to start the game. I, they, they were clearly trying to uh, trap and blitz Marquise Noel and make him as uncomfortable as possible and uh, try to take him out of the game entirely as a scorer, and it worked briefly, uh, and then he decided to turn into prime White chocolate, Jason, uh, J- Jason <laughs> Williams, and it becomes a, a playmaking nightmare, and that starts, you know, forces a, a shift on, on the Kentucky defense, and then opens up the door for him to absolutely just cook the, uh, on the uh, as, as a scorer, um, made shot after shot after shot, big shot. Uh, when you have Antonio Reeves start the game, uh, I mean, a- as cold as he possibly uh, possibly can, started out. Uh, 0 for 14 and 0 for overall and 0 for uh, for nine or nine overall from from three. Uh, I mean, yeah. At that point, it is what it, he he had scored 22 points a game over the last six games had emerged as Kentucky's go-to bucket getter. Uh, we've just seen him go for 37 down in Fayetteville. I mean, that's fluky stuff. That is that is <laughs> absolutely fluky stuff. And then Jacob Toppin, he goes individually uh, two for or one for seven overall over two from three. Uh, I mean, those two have been probably Kentucky's two most consistent presences overall outside of Oscar Chibwe, and um, they weren't able to make the big shots that Marquise Noel and Keontae Johnson and uh, the the Kansas State Wildcats were able to make And I I guess it's just kind of a sobering reality that when push came to shove, the better team ended up winning, and the season will end with Kentucky probably finishing where they deserve to finish. You know, there wasn't a magical run. There wasn't a, uh, you know, well, they they struggled all year long at these certain things, but if they they fix them right at the right time, they already have the offense, but what if they, uh, you know, fix a couple things defensively, will they be able to overcome at at the wrong moment? Kentucky's biggest struggles kind of came to bite them in the butt and unfortunately, the better
1: team won and it's a, a pretty, pretty tough reality, I think. Well, you know, okay. So uh, I don't want to get too far off track here, but it's something I was thinking about um, on our trip back that Kentucky basketball is in this weird funk, nothing to do with coaching X's and O's all this. I mean, it does, but I, I, what I'm kind of talking about is it, from 2010 to 2015, when Kentucky needed a bucket, now take West Virginia out of that, maybe take UConn out of that, but more times than not, Brandon Knight against Princeton, Brandon Knight versus West Virginia. Brandon Knight versus Ohio State. Uh, DeAndre Liggins versus North Carolina. You can go on and on from 2012, 2014, 2015. And then 2015, Notre Dame misses a shot. And then Wisconsin, the next game, hits that step back three that gives them the lead. And from that point on, I felt like every big shot in the tournament happened against Kentucky. As opposed to Aaron Harrison beyond belief moments that we had in 2014 all the good luck that we had you know i guess willie cully stein made a big play to get up in the notre Dame State notre dame players face and make him, you know miss the three but like I, the way the luck is going right now if that same play happened in 2023 that shot just goes in like it's just it feels like those were tough shots that kansas state hit that that last three that that pushed the lead to five um, I did watch that play, and it, it was going up, and I was like, "I, I can't believe they're going to hit another one." I just couldn't. I was like, "The odds of them hitting—I I don't know how many threes they hit towards the end of the game, but it had to be—it was three. I don't know if it was four. Man, uh, it's just like you said—a fluky thing. Reeves scored 37 points just a couple like weeks ago, and he and he goes one for ten last year against St. Peter's. Grady goes one for nine, and they and St. Peter's hits every big shot. I've rewatched that game because I'm a psychopath and I love feeling the pain, I guess. But I, I've watched that game and I'm like, what else could you have done defensively? They were just throwing up shots and they were going in. What could Kentucky have done, in your opinion, differently in those final, let's say, four minutes? I think um, that was when Lance Ware got the dunk, put Kentucky at four. What did you see? Was it just them hitting insane shots or could Kentucky have done anything different? No, nah, and Marquis Noel is... Kimba Walker
0: reincarnated. I mean, one of those dudes that they had been cold all game long. The shots that they had, you know, they had clean looks all game long and weren't making them. But when they got contested looks, I mean, four feet behind the three point line, fade away. That Keontae Johnson step back fade away uh, three from the, from the right wing, like shots like that, that. That that's March, like that. That's March Madness where Kentucky was a hair off. If if I, I go back to that beginning, uh, the couple early sequences with antonio reeves a dude that just went nuclear three three days ago two days before this last game where he gets five five threes of the same gym same goals same everything adjust rim adjusted or not he made five of them (laughs) on the same floor and then he hit the takes his first two and they rim out i mean touch every single inch of the cylinder and it just barely rims out and he talked about it after the game it was like yeah I just kind of knew that it wasn't going to be my day after the fact and you just think if those two shots had fallen I mean they were just a a speck off yeah if those two had fallen is the whole trajectory of the game different how what is the narrative how how does that impact momentum and all those things because truthfully i do think kentucky controlled for a lot of the game they did lead for the majority of the game but i thought they controlled um pretty much the the entire time outside of the 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 last minute of the first half um it's just kind of one of those it, it is what it is type deals where they i don't know man i just think if if Antonio Reeves gets one of those two early yeah. threes to fall, that the whole storyline of, of
1: the game changes. It's like kind of what I said uh, to people about Grady last year. Like, if he yeah. has a bad game, Kentucky wins. Like, if he just has a bad game, not his worst game. Like, if Antonio Reeves has a, like, a, a, a game he would love to forget, then and not not just the worst game he's ever played at Kentucky, then Kentucky wins. And I'm not putting it on Reeves. Like, he he's the reason they were, they were playing on Sunday. Him and Toppin people kind of going after them a little bit you know as being seniors that maybe you know all, why you know maybe hit you know why don't they hit these shots look like you said you're talking like how badly did he miss like it's a, it, it really does become a game of inches and he had a three in the corner in the second half all by himself uh case and i uh, got, got it to top and top and i was he was like one more pass the is wide open i thought that was going down everyone stood up had the three ready to go, and, and he missed it. I couldn't believe he missed that one. Um, that's when I, I thought we were in trouble then. I thought Kentucky was in trouble because uh, Oscar just missed the front end of a bonus. Uh, Kentucky's eight-point lead advantage. The game was tied, I think, at that point. And um, credit, though, Kentucky and Casey Wallace. There was a couple times I thought that earlier in the season they fold. I mean, I – thought the game might have been over when they went up five in the second half just because of the way this team plays in the second half when they're behind that they don't really they struggle coming back they you know that's when tight guys get even more tight shots stop going in and uh they battle back Casey wallace put this team on his shoulders um you know you got a, a chance to talk to him um in the in the locker room i didn't really get to see him what was his like attitude and mood like
0: very 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 blunt very short like uh, as i I think as frustrated and as put off as i've ever heard and he's he's always been very short-winded so Mm -hmm. you know getting drawn out responses is always i mean it's always a surprise um but you could tell that he was really shaken up he was really hurt because i mean that's that's a dude that you cannot i mean You can't blame him for the loss. He he was absolutely terrific. Uh, He goes for 21 points on nine of 11 shooting, one for one from three, two for two at the line, nine rebounds, four assists. He had five turnovers, but a lot of those came in like the first couple minutes.
1: Um, You know, two steals in 34 minutes. He he was absolutely sensational from from start to finish. He he only had like one turnover in the second half. Then I guess I think he had four at halftime. Him and Oscar both. Um, What's so? What is it? Uh, What's the deal with? you know Oscar Sheepway you you really you wouldn't trade him for almost anybody um, but passing at, when they when every every time they went to double team him I was like, hey, please get rid of it before that double team comes um, it, it, it's been an issue all season right I don't I don't know if coaches are, tell, are telling him Hey, we know, catch the ball and let's move it around. Because they're double teaming you. They can only have five guys on the floor. That means somebody's open. So maybe kick it back out, move it around, look, try to find the open guy, make the defense move. I just, I felt like Calipari did talk about this a lot all season. Guys are holding on to the ball, or they're just dribbling it, or we got to move the ball. And they, and we saw the ball movement get better. I pointed out uh, to, to uh, some people about like how they, the ball movement, even in the Vanderbilt game where they lost. Um, what is it? Oscar Sheba is, like, going to be one of the best players of the Cal era. But um, you were just listening to something I thought was really interesting. Can you Is it okay to kind of talk about what you were listening to just a minute ago about Oscar and can you win six games with him? Yeah, I I was listening to Game Theory, I think, with Sam
0: Vashini with uh, The Athletic, who just, you know, kind of went in on... that fact that he's kind of an anchoring center that uh, you, you can't bring him out, uh, uh, you know, outside the paint and um, yeah. Passing is, is poor. And uh, I think the issue with Oscar is in that type of moment, he feels the need to do everything by himself because I think he saw, okay, well, nobody else around me is making the big shots. Kaysen is driving and scoring at will. And, you know, if I can't do it, then definitely we have at least, uh, you know, Kaysen, Making making plays happen, but uh, when you have Antonio Reeves and Jacob Toppin clearly off their game, clearly missing shots, I think that panic almost kind of sets in for Oscar, where he's like, "Oh shoot, this team is going to lose unless I I take the game over." And it almost backfires because yeah, he does put up 25 point, uh, you know, stat lines, 18 rebounds, 8 of 13 shooting, 9 of 11 from the line. He was terrific, like uh, in terms of scoring. Um, you know, a pure domination on the glass and all those things. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but it, it's the, the timeliness of the turnovers and, and the costly decisions that that just kind of just move the needle just a hair the other directions. And it sucks. And, and you don't want a guy with the legacy that Oscar Sheepway has yeah. and, and has put so much into this university. Like, Oscar Sheepway is not to blame for that loss. No. But you can say that when, you know, the, the panic that he saw when everything else wasn't working and his need to, um, do, you know, put the ball in his hands and, and take matters into his, his own hands, that's where things, you can kind of tell, started getting shaky a little bit. Uh, and I mean, credit to Kansas State because that's exactly what their game plan was. They admittedly did not think that the providence scout was very very good they 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 wanted to play uh, you know similarly to to what vanderbilt did well in both of their wins over the kentucky wildcats Force turnovers make them feel as uncomfortable as possible uh, and force them to make shots and kentucky did not make the shots necessary to to win but they also turned the ball over i mean uh, just way too many turnovers um 16 overall, 11 in the first half. is just not yeah. going to cut it. That's where the momentum flipped and in again. 11. To, to Kentucky's credit, they did do a great job of bouncing yeah. back. The, the energy and the and the the pace and the tone, everything was so great to start that second half. Uh, and then Marquise Noel happened and Keontae Johnson happened. It's, you know, turnover, turnovers had to be better, and it did not help that you did not have Sabir Wheeler in there to, you know, at least – when things were going south with Case and Wallace and you had to put a do in and uh, there were times Antonio Reeves was the primary ball handler and C.J. Frederick yep. at times. I mean, it would be really nice to have that guy that, that just complimentary piece to just settle a little bit and, and be the, the breath of fresh air uh, and, and compliment what Marquise Noel does. A five eight point guard that is the kind of the pace setter, the, the change of pace guy that we've talked about on the show uh, to wear blue in the face as to what Savir does well, that's it. Literally, who Marquise Noel is for for Kansas State. I would have loved to see that back and forth between those two, them both getting up in each other's grill and you know really guarding each other ninety four feet. I think that would have been a blast, but unfortunately, we didn't get that opportunity.
1: The Savir Wheeler stories is going to be something everybody's going to you know talk about. Uh, I really, really thought he could have helped this team in several points during the season. I thought uh, the Georgia game. Case that picked up two quick fouls. Um, the um, you know the in this past game, the Vanderbilt game in uh, uh, in Bridgestone. So you know we talked to him on Thursday. They it, it sounded like he was going to go. I, I don't. I you know you try to read through some of the stuff. The there's coach speak. There's locker room talk. There's like. It's a totally different, like, um, like dialect, uh, not dialect, but it's like, it's a totally different language. You almost have to like interpret it, you know, like what is the truth behind all of this? And you just, I, the way that he was talking on Thursday where he laughed was like, when someone. I think Kyle Tucker asked him, you know, people th- thought you quit the team. And he went and like, ha, like, oh, you think that's the, that's the narrative. That's what people are saying. It sounded like he was going to play. Um, and then. He was, I guess he woke up on Friday, 70%, 70, 75%. I think is what Cal said as a fan. It's just, um, it's another mystery that is just frustrating because here's the thing. He, I'm not saying, cause we don't know, like we don't. So like he could have been hurt this whole time. He got a injury that Calipari called a minor injury. And then he was out the rest of the season. And it's so weird. And it's like, all right, who's not being up front with us? You don't need to tell us every detail. The, the and it's certainly not the media, because the media is just the conduit for the fans. We're just, that's just the middleman for the fans. And you but even still, you don't the fans don't have to know everything. I think though, it just creates a, a more toxic environment for Xavier Wheeler because people just didn't really know. There was no specifics on injuries, no specifics. Uh, You broke the the news about what the surgery was on KSR Plus, I think. Um, But even then, like from the team, we're not getting, as a fan, you're not getting specifics. And then people just kind of fill that void with whatever it is they think it could be. And I'm sure. So, Wheeler said he wasn't on social media. I don't know that I believe that. I know his Twitter is still active and that he's on it. He's probably seen fans say some pretty terrible things to him. And that's so not fair. Um, And it's not fair to him also because if you thought he quit, well, Calipari's saying that that they're all acting like he's going to play. So it's not fair to to Wheeler. The entire thing was not fair to him. I was talking – we've been talking – I've been talking about Spear Wheeler I think all season because I really thought he could help. That Tennessee game after I left that game, I thought, man, what a great teammate. He was up on the bench cheering for his guys and – but we saw what Casey Wallace needed to be the point guard. I, as a fan, really, you don't need to be 100% transparent, but you do need to, like, make. Calipari and the coaching staff, I felt like, could, could, or somebody within the program knew what those rumors were and could have addressed them. And the fact that it wasn't, I think, made it worse for Sevier. I think the fact that Cal, like, really forced him, to play in some of these games when it was clear the key, the, the lineup that was going to work that how that benny lineup end up doing like i think people knew what the lineup needed to be and people when they booed i mean maybe some of them were stupid and they were booing Xavier but i think they were booing calipari for how much he was playing him he was a role player that was you know getting starter minutes um you know, you look at what Saul Smith went through and he was playing over guys that maybe he shouldn't have been playing over. And he still had some really good games. The game against USD in the tournament, he was, he had one of his best games uh, when they lost to Brian Scalabrini. He got a lot of stuff said to him a lot. That's the kind of the tax that Cal talks about. You're the point guard at Kentucky. That's like being the quarterback at Alabama, the quarterback at Tennessee. Like it comes with a lot, but when it's good, like you're the man, like you're a rock star. You're on the cover of sports illustrated. And it's great. There's a reason why you'd want to take that role. I, I, I just, I don't know, like as just a fan, again, I'm an idiot. I don't I don't follow the team like Jack does. So like, I'm just throwing stuff out here. I'm kind of just gauging your reactions also. So you're pretty, your poker face is pretty good. Um, do, do you think that Cal kind of did him an injustice or is this just something the fans took and just like, because we're crazy, And just kind of blew it out of proportion um it's complicated um
0: i i do think that emotions played a part in all of it um and we're definitely going to get more into it and you know the season just ended and and there's going to be a lot of talk uh, about how things unfolded and and You you know, individual decisions like that, and and obviously the Savior Wheeler saga, and you know, when he inevitably puts his name in the transfer portal and makes his decision, you know, as to what his future holds and and all that. Like, there's a lot of conversation to get into, but I do think that he was hurt by uh, all that. And I I don't think he was worried necessarily about booze Had, had he been there for senior night. I think it had more to do with. And, you know i don't want to hear their cheers you know i i've heard their booze in the past mm-hmm. i don't want the standing ovation i don't and i do think just privately that was a, a part of it um the surgery was a very real one and it was a very serious one and it needed to happen quickly could there have been a day difference that stuff i don't know but or a video. Or a, or a, a video, a statement. I, I do think that that could have been handled differently. And I said this on the show, I think that's going to be a decision that uh, he ultimately regrets one day. I, I do think that no matter what happened this season, no matter how fans treated him for better or worse, and I do think it was a um, a very vocal minority, I do think that 95% of Kentucky fans treated him the exact way he deserved as a as a leader, as somebody that did a lot of really good things for this university and deserved to, to be ultimately supported and loved and cherished. And I think that's why when he did come out for senior day, there was a, or when he did not come out for senior day, then Ellen Calipari came out in the number two jersey, that there was a standing ovation and there was an absolute roar from the fan base because 95% of those fans that, right. that is their gen- genuine feel for Xavier, and, and that's that's where it sucks, because uh, it, it, it sucks that there was so much toxic behavior surrounding Xavier, uh, and I do think that a lot of it was not justified in the sense that it was okay to want Case to play more and have a, an expanded role, but not at the expense of saying Xavier stinks, he needs to go... Uh, you know go on somewhere throw them in the in the trash and right, like that that was not necessarily it was not productive behavior uh, on either side and, and I, I do think that both sides will end up regretting how all of it unfolded because that that unfortunately is the lasting legacy. we're not going to remember the 20 plus you know 20 point break breakthrough performance against North Carolina last year yeah. and, the, and the times that he was the straw that stirred the drink and the the starting point guard of a number two seed in the NCAA tournament like big picture like that's who he was for this team last year he was a winning point guard He's that great. did do a lot of really good things he had his flaws he was a turnover prone point guard that uh was not a great shooter you had to play uh, around him and, and fit his style of play a, a whole heck of a lot better and, and i don't think that this team especially early on when antonio wasn't making shots and cj was uh, off and on and um he needs to have shooters around him, and, and he needs to play with a style of play and a pace. We talked earlier, what did Kentucky finish in tempo 215? Yeah, it, was, it, was, it was Something bad. like that the this season. Yeah. I think the Big 12, just speaking out loud here, and I have already had some conversations, assuming he does decide to put his name in the portal, um, I, I think Kansas State might be a fit for him because I do think Marquis Noel will end up leaving and going pro there and I don't think that that's a bad fit for him um, there are some recruiting ties with with him there and um, who Xavier was committed to at Texas Tech When he or Texas A&M when he was first uh, in high school is now the lead assistant at Kansas State so that is a fit I do think Texas A&M will be uh, highly interesting. I guess guys with prior connections to him that was they were huge fans of his game in the past. They will, they're still fans of his game, and I do think that the, the, the there uh, will be connections there at some point down the line. I do think that there is a role for him somewhere. He's going to start for some college team next year. I think he's going to be a damn good one. So um, it sucks that the legacy is what it is, and the last time that we, get to, we, we ever got to talk to him uh, ended up being that Thursday afternoon where he said, I'm ready to help this team go on a run. I'm available to play. I feel good. I... I, I I wanna be, you know, he told the story about the last time he was in the situation, he tore his meniscus as a senior in high school, missed the majority of that year, came back in time for the playoffs and led his Houston Christian school to a state championship in Texas. And he kind of threw that narrative out there and that was the storyline of, you know, it's my senior year, out for a long time due to injury and I get the chance to return for the playoffs, return for the NCAA tournament. And help lead my team to a national championship. The storyline was great, but unfortunately, the lasting memory will be that. And then the next very, next morning, Cal or next afternoon, Cal saying that he's only at seventy to seventy-five percent, going through pregame warmups, shooting around as as normal in full uniform, and then not playing a single second in two straight games. So, um, it sucks. I will appreciate Xavier for what he brought yeah. to the table at uh, the school and. and uh, it's unfortunate that it ended the way that that it that it did, and I do think that he would have been a, a huge help in that game, but now the situation is what it is. Um, Steven, I want to you you were the in there in the locker room with me. Yeah. Um, and I want to just kind of paint that picture. yeah, because that was a memory that I think I'll have for the rest of my
1: life. Have you done one of those before? uh, Not in an NCAA tournament. Okay. Okay. I I was curious because you you said that and I I wonder because I know you've covered the team for a while, but of course COVID and everything had been different. So I didn't know if if that was the case, but yeah. Yeah. uh, So the
0: media floods into the locker room and again there's a lot of people on social media saying uh i hate that the media goes into the locker room after like we do well, too. well, well we, we don't want like i mean it's it's great for big wins and you know the excitement and all that stuff but it is tragic like it is a it is a terrible it's a funeral. terrible thing walking into their home and their personal space following misery you know and, and it's not immediately after the game ends there are some people go and give them a couple minutes to cool off." it's like 30 minutes after the game ends where they've already cooled off so the emotion and reaction that we get as is is already the kind of the let the dust settle a little bit beforehand so just keep that in mind we walk in there the floodgates open and Oscar Sheboy is turned away from his teammates he's facing his locker by himself in dead silence the entire room is dead silent but him especially never seen him like that and the time starts ticking, and it's like thirty seconds pass, a minute passes, two minutes pass, three minutes pass, I and mean, we wait in silence. Like the media is just behind him, silent. Yeah, we're we're like, okay, do we tell him that we're here? Do we say, hey, Oscar, how you feeling? Like, no, you just sit there, shut up, and let him have his moment. But that moment just kind of kept lingering, and it was like, man, this is really uncomfortable, and I, I just I hate it hugo stands up and he goes over and again an unbelievable un, uh, unbelievably powerful gesture on hugo's part the guy who played average 6.9 minutes a game hasn't pl- i think played 10 minutes plus since like one time since like the start of the new year since 2023 or something yeah. uh, and he played no no minutes the guy ahead of him his role model his mentor the you know uh, uh, from africa himself and you know, just kind of learning how to be a college basketball star from Africa like it's a really cool story he goes over and puts his arm on Oscar and says whispers in his ear Oscar these people want to hear you they they need to talk to you you need to tell them you know they they need you're the voice that they need to hear right now not the media but who who the cameras are you know people are watching through the camera the the, the media outlets you guys that are watching this and listening to this uh it's for you he oscar needed to calm the fan base down and get and you know say something to it and uh it was like a really powerful moment because almost immediately afterward oscar stands up turns around sits down kind of takes a deep breath and answers questions for 25 straight minutes no matter how difficult they were What's your lasting legacy going to be? I don't know. I wish I could. You know, I feel sorry. I, I want to tell Big Blue Nation sorry for not yeah. providing enough for this school, and I came back to win a And I, like uh, taking ownership of. And he the, played the great. And it was like, dude, he made some turnovers we talked about. but You do not need to apologize right. for anything. Like, we need to apologize to you for not giving you the national championship that you deserve. Like, I felt, I felt sick. It was a a sick feeling. Uh, of just numbness and emptiness and pure emotions we go over and talk to cj frederick and he's talking about the possibility of hanging it up and how you know his body is just you know breaking down he's gone through so much and yeah he doesn't regret any anything that's happened over the course of his five years but damn it's like a sobering reality for him especially because like this could be the end of the road for him just in basketball like probably not going to go pro not you know how much left does he have to give the game? Yeah. He could, he has eligibility left. And he said, he acknowledged that, but it was just a really tough feel and emotion in that locker room. And you got
1: to experience that as well. you talked to different players. Just yeah. your thoughts as well. So, yeah, it was my first time going into a losing locker room. People on Twitter. I mean, like that said that you all shouldn't be in there. Look, I, I, well, i tell you as a fan, as somebody who grew up as a fan, I didn't want to go into a, a Kentucky losing locker room. Um, I knew it was going to be bad. Um, the, we saw, we've all seen the video of, like, Monk and, and Fox and Bam and and uh, I know John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins were, like, inconsolable if they lost to West Virginia. So I kind of knew what to expect. I've been in losing locker rooms before, not one where I'm emotionally invested as well. Makes it just a little bit different, and, and not for an NCAA tournament. Um, I was – I was um, – uh, sorry I keep getting phone calls um I, I was talking to Antonio Reeves and uh I I felt so bad for him like we said his stat line was 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 bad I mean there's there, you can't really sugarcoat it it was bad um but he played so well all season he single-handedly for the most part, I don't know single-handedly but he but they don't win a lot of games without him especially like Arkansas they don't win that game they probably they may not win the Providence game without him um And I really, really did enjoy watching him play. Um, I love his jumper and I, but you're right. We got there about 20 so minutes after the game ended, maybe 20, 30 minutes. They, and, but you've seen everybody with the red eyes. CJ Frederick was the, maybe the most like tore up. And uh, you know, what an unlucky season it had been for CJ. I felt so bad for him course it felt bad for oscar because you know he—he he, felt like he, oscar was that guy who just took his heart and put it on the floor for you you know like um, i think cj to play through what he played through is another one of those guys i'm not saying that anybody didn't give 100 i'm not suggesting that but just that cj you know if you ever crack your rib go and try to play 40 you know play well not 40 minutes you try to play in a high level college basketball game and just see how uncomfortable it would be. And not only that, but he had the finger and the ankle from last year and the, and, and everything else. And it's, and the pressure. And then, uh, and I had a moment as I was leaving and Antonio was standing by the doorway and you know, I just became a fan for a second. And I, I didn't know if I'd ever talk to Antonio Reeves ever again. And I, I told him that, you know, it was like, Hey man, it was, it was you know, it's probably unprofessional but I just said, it, it was really fun watching you play. I really enjoyed watching you play. You had a great year, and and thank you for the memories. And um, again, probably unprofessional, um, but I I just you see them as kids in that moment, like you almost as an adult. I'm you know I'll be thirty three on Friday. That was going to be an awesome birthday, by the way. To watch uh, on Thursday, watch Kentucky beat Michigan State, and then get prepared for Tennessee and enjoy my, my birthday in New York City. That was going to be great. Unfortunately, but but again, I'm going to be thirty three. I almost just, like want to like give some of the kids a hug. Like, it just feel like they need an adult. Like, it's just like, they just look like little kids. Some of them, they're 22. They're not kids. Some of them are not kids, but some of them are. I mean, Kaysen was pissed. Chris Livingston is, was pissed. But he. again, these guys, like, they you just forget until it's like that raw emotion. And then you're like, oh, I remember I was 18. Like, oh God, like, could I imagine? Could you imagine like a bunch of adults coming in you know grown men and women to, to ask you about a game that you played poorly in and you let down an entire Commonwealth I mean geez man like you talk about like pressure in the game like that's tough but like having to do that having to I, it it did, I don't know how you felt I felt kind of gross being there it's part of our job we have to do it um, and I think it does humanize them so it's it's a net positive for the players because now we're talking about how you know these are real people they're not robots as cal likes to say that was that was a tough experience i likened it to a funeral like you just didn't talk you were very you had to be respectful everybody was experiencing loss um i'm gonna be working on a project over the off season on psychology of sports fans uh the author uh is a professor at murray state he wrote the book psychology of sports fans he says that losing a a game like an elimination game will give you those same exact feelings as if you've lost a loved one which sounds insane but obviously that goes away and as you turn to page and you know there are things bigger than basketball and you move on and you play next season or whatever but like that was that was really tough to experience and and i know that there's there's been worse ones you know. Um, but I think that this team had a path. These guys knew they had a path to the tournament. They kept talking about how much time they had. We kind of joked like, "How much time do you got?" But, but I got the sense though that when it, when when they lost, that they were like, "Oh." Said going into that funeral because that was the the death of the season. Yeah, I mean, um, again, felt felt terrible for them. I don't. I know a lot of them have decisions to make. Um, I, I think it would be big to get antonio reeves back with next year's team um how do you feel about i, I tend to disagree with the guy's some that guy's uh, point that oscar you can't win six straight games with oscar i just think you got to use him in a different way there obviously there was defensively there were issues these things are fixable i think there's a way you're telling me you can't win six straight games with a guy who gets that many rebounds and that many points and I know he has, there are deficiencies that he had on defense. You can't figure out a way to make that work. I mean, I, I don't know. I feel like, I, I don't know that, I don't even know if Calipari wants him to come back. Like, I, you know, I don't, you heard him a lot, especially early and he did stop doing this. But do you remember the, the, the early press conferences when he was like, but I got Oscar. What do you want me to do? I got Oscar. Yep. I, almost like I can't do this kind of offense. I have Oscar. I, I can't play this defense. I have Oscar. Well, I mean, that made me think. Like, okay, you're acting Like the National Player of the Year coming back is a bad thing. Was it a bad thing? Like, were there? First of all, I guess the question uh, I would I would ask you is like, is there is there a is there a world where Oscar comes back and plays another year at Kentucky? Uh, I, I don't
0: see it. I think this was the last hurrah for him um, I, I think the opportunity would be there to come back and I, I don't think that Cal would tell him no uh, but I think then you start getting into okay well what's going to happen with Ugano and what's going to happen with Aaron Bradshaw what's going to happen with Damian Collins like okay so you're going to take Oscar back uh, and then Damian Collins a dude that lost everything this year yeah. you're going to say well sorry bud we got the national player of the year um, figure it out hope you enjoyed baylor or houston or texas tech go on home and have a nice
1: day and do you expect Not, collins to be back then
0: uh, well and i don't think it's 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 as simple as that i'm just yeah. so more so saying right right making the push for a guy like oscar yeah. who's had his opportunity and mm. you know every single opportunity that he could have ever dreamed of yeah. in lexington you know i just think when push comes to shove it's sometimes it's best for a fresh start with people it's going to be time for a a fresh start with Xavier Wheeler it's going to be a time for a fresh start with you know just Jacob Toppin I'd love another year for Jacob Toppin but you know he's looking for he's been in college for four years and you know trying to figure out am I a pro what what can I do to be a pro he needs a fresh start you know sometimes it's it's necessary for certain guys and I just think Oscar fits that billing almost to a T and when you have guys like Hugo who is deserving of an opportunity, any, I mean, he was the only guy on this team that didn't get an opportunity this year. Even a, a do had a bigger opportunity than, than Oscar did this year. So it, it's just little things like that, that, um, again, we'll, we'll get into the nitty gritty of, of, all of that when the time comes. And this week will be that time. We'll, we'll do a, a you know, the dust is settled. What's going to happen with coaching, Staff, but to, you know potential coaching staff changes. Uh, the latest on stay or go decisions. There, there, you know, are our, our updates on that. But um, this this show, I think, is about feeling for those kids and yep. that locker room and, and the emotions that they all felt because that uh, that was a really tough scene and it was a tough finish of a tough year. This is a team that went through a lot this year as a group and a lot of stuff that happened that we know publicly and a lot of things that happened behind the scenes that is not out there in the public um, that is deserving of a reality check and is deserving of a okay maybe we shouldn't have been as hard on them in certain circumstances and at different points of the season that uh, I was personally hard uh, on them like at the Missouri game for instance that was the one that I was like man the Uh, the team chemistry is terrible right now they don't even look like they like each other Uh, I've never seen a more disconnected group in my life well maybe there's stuff that goes into that maybe there's a reason that there's that there's things going on uh, beyond basketball that really basketball doesn't matter right now and in that individual moment and you know that's not an excuse for missed shots or you know in you know individual things that happen during the game and I, that was a game that we you go back on, and, and Kentucky probably does regret going to Columbia losing in that way. But it's just a, a big picture issue. There's a lot of stuff that happened
1: with this team, that, and probably some stuff that we'll will we'll, like we'll never know because it's none of our business, right? I mean, stuff like, you know, stuff that may happen outside of basketball that doesn't happen on the court. Those are things that I'm not I'm not even saying that we have a right to know because I don't think that we do. There are some personal things that, you know, may happen, you know, with the team that, you know, will affect how they play, would certainly affect how you play, depending on what it is. Um, so I, this team went through a lot. I mean, it's from the very beginning. I mean, you know, I don't know that, I don't know that anybody in the media really gave much attention to um, Damian Collins's Dad passing away and how much it affected not just him but everybody, and um, I really thought Damian Collins was going to have a great year. He looked great in um, in the Bahamas, like everybody did. But also there were there were moments um, this year, uh Florida game maybe where first half where he hit a few buckets, a few jump shots. He, I really thought he was going to have a big season, and I don't know that we ever. Um, now that you know of course we talked about how much that affected him and and how much like how you know what that has to do to a, a young kid and um you know and, the, and how sudden everything happened calipari when he first dressed you could see the hurt on cal's face i just wonder how much i mean that's where it started i mean and then they had several other things happen along the way from injuries to season ending and i mean just all kinds of stuff and then Oh, on top of that, you're losing games. And on top of that, not just the local media, like national media, that guys who cover the NBA, you know, the those people are now, uh, what's wrong with Kentucky? What's wrong with this guy? You've talked to NBA scouts who have been at games, and at that game in particular, that was asking a lot of questions about what's, hang on, what's going on with this? This team took on a lot. They, they called... Um, uh, Joe B. Hall's 1978 national championship team, like the no fun team. I don't know that this team had a lot of fun. There were there were highlights. There were some big moments in, in, in particular games. Um, maybe Arkansas might be one of, like, one of their top moments of the season. But you're right in that they didn't really, they didn't accomplish. There's nothing to like, they didn't win an SEC tournament, didn't get to the SEC championship game. You know didn't win the champions classic didn't really win any out of conference games of note um you know at least when we went to london they won that game so at least didn't waste that trip but i mean i don't know man like there how much of it you know do uh, national media uh, especially like they're not there they a lot of them they write columns from you know 100 miles away or further and they have no idea. Um, maybe some of the hurt that these guys go to. If you, if, if there's ever a doubt that these players care or not, um, we we'll watch one of those locker rooms from any of the seasons, especially this one. I mean, everybody, they cared. I mean, they, they were hurt. I mean, I, I really hope they win it all next year, so I don't have to experience that again. That would be great. Yeah that would uh that, that, that
0: sure would be nice but, but yeah it's uh a, a tough way to finish and i feel for these kids and um there there is a lot of excitement for next year and, and obviously that but but i am not personally going to kind of throw these kids away in favor of that you know what i'm saying like yeah, yeah. i'm not if, if antonio reese decides to ultimately go I'm not going to say, well, at least we got DJ coming in. At least we got Rob Dillingham coming in. Like Antonio was a hell of a basketball player that brought a lot to this team. That went out in a pretty, pretty rough shooting performance. That that's going to be something if, if he does decide to hang it up or you know go. It, it would be going pro, not hanging it up completely, but hanging it up in Kentucky. Uh, that that's going to be a tough legacy thing for him. Just like a, you know Kellen Grady losing against St. Peter's on a one for nine shooting performance and him not having any more eligibility to come back and uh, it, it, stuff like that is tough. And, and so I, I'm, there will be a time to break down. I'll be at the McDonald's all American game in two weeks. Shoot. Oh, uh, next week. I think. Yeah. Ne- next, Tuesday, I will oh. be at the McDonald's all American game for the open practices and uh, all that stuff. So uh, I, I get one full week, Steven, before I start having <laughs> to turn my attention toward that. But, for today at least um it's you know appreciate that we get the chance to just you know say thank you to oscar sheepway if it was the last time that we got to see him in a kentucky uniform appreciate everything that he brought to the table cj frederick tough as nails if if he decides to call it a career uh that's a dude that played a lot of basketball that did a lot of good things for two different two very high profile programs on and off the, the floor um you know, Antonio Reyes, whatever his decision is, Jacob Toppin, man, his turnaround since the, that exact Missouri game, uh, his turnaround has been one of the most refreshing and, and joyous experiences of this job. Just seeing seeing that, you know, kind of it, it all click for him. That, that was a really rewarding feeling for him. And, shoot, you know, Brennan Canada, dude, that uh, we – rarely got to see on the actual basketball floor, but, uh, you know, he brought a hell of a lot to the basketball team mm-hmm. from, you know, a, a leadership perspective and in the locker room and uh, in practice and behind closed doors in the, the dorm and all, all that stuff. There are a lot of dudes on this team that impacted this program in different different ways, and uh, I appreciate all of them. Like you said, I, I'm glad you got the chance to fanboy a little bit and say <laughs> yeah. thanks for everything because uh, these these. these All of them have brought a lot to this program and uh, it did not end the way that they wanted. They wanted to win just like all of us. That's really disappointing and there's a lot of stuff to be frustrated about. And um, again, we'll get to that at a later show. But this one, appreciate this season. It was not necessarily a fun ride. It was a ride uh, with a lot of ups and downs and um, a lot of great kids. So Steven, let's wrap. This show up, we are almost home, thank God. Back, I I would love to be packing up for New York City, but unfortunately that's just not the reality. But um, we'll we'll let this one marinate a little bit and uh, turn our attention toward uh, probably one of the busiest off seasons in the Calipari era, if I had to guess, just in terms of turnover and coaching changes and all that stuff. Um, Yeah.
1: yeah, It's going to be an interesting couple of weeks. And I know you're gonna get to that in a a later show, and I know we gotta wrap this one up. it could be a really interesting off season. There's going to be a lot of, a lot of changes. Um, at least we know for sure roster wise, and we'll see about personnel wise, as far as like coaches and assistant coaches, grad assistants, um, you know, I, but I am excited for it. I, you know, you know I, I was listening to the, to the guys today on the radio and, and Drew said, you know, I'm not really looking forward to it. He said, he said, I will be looking forward to it. And that's kind of how I felt too. Like yeah, right now, it's kind of like oh, man how do we get up for a whole other year to be like to get a run in the tournament you know um, but I am excited for it I mean like there I think that again you don't want to just dismiss what this team did this team could have rolled over after South Carolina I thought they were going to I would drew and I went to Tennessee. Uh, like, half-heartedly. Like, we didn't even really want to be there because we knew, like, this was going to be a blowout. And it started that way. And, and man, the, this team, to go through everything everything they went through, they finished third in the SEC. After that South Carolina game, did we think they were going to finish third in the SEC? Did, they, did we think they were going to be fighting for a four or five seed? Absolutely not. I mean, I didn't think they were going to make the tournament. I didn't think. I thought – and I thought maybe they'll reject an NIT. Bit. I thought after they got done playing that last game in the SEC tournament – they were done and they were probably going to be playing. They might be playing on Wednesday in the SEC tournament. So what what Calipari did and what this coaching staff did and what these players did to, to get better, to fix some things, there were some positives to take away. I want to be mad. I want to be mad. As a fan, you want to look for somebody to blame when you lose a game like that. I wanted to be mad at Calipari. Cal should have done something. Somebody should have done something. Why was this guy? They just, just didn't go in. Good shooters great shooters shots didn't go in guys who've been playing their best shots just didn't go in jacob did fine defensively i don't know that antonio killed you defensively it sucks it sucks that we're like you said we're not packing new york city but i'm not mad at anybody i'm not really mad at cal i'm not a little bit upset at that referee that wanted to like pick a fight with cal throughout the game yeah forget that guy <laughs> so you know but it, it is what it is but um uh excited going to football tomorrow morning right and early We'll be there. So we'll turn the page into a new sport. Baseball team is in the top 25. There's also that.
0: That, that. that is something. Uh, <laughs> it, it sure is. Uh,
1: yeah.
0: Well, let's, uh, let's go on and get out of here. Uh, unfortunately it was the happy show we were expecting, but, um, uh, to get some, some stuff off our chest. And I appreciate you coming on with
1: us, Stephen. Where can fans find your work? Um, um, on Twitter at Stephen KSR. Uh, but I highly recommend going to YouTube KSR, uh subscribe. We're going to have all kinds of fun content to put out in this uh, off-season period that I'm excited about. I'm excited to do some some really cool projects. Um, so go to there, go to YouTube, KSR, Kentucky Sports Radio, subscribe. Try to get us to 20,000 subscribers before the football season. We're at like 19,100 something. So, And we would have got there, Jack. If we would have, if they were in Madison Square Garden next week, we, we were at 20,000 easy by the end of next week but well, we're going to do whatever it <laughs> takes to get there. We, we, we have, we have player decisions, NBA draft
0: stay or go uh, coaching staff changes. We got all of that stuff on this specific show. So make sure you uh, stay listening to that. You can find my work personally on Kentucky on Twitter at Jack Pilgrim KSR and reach out to me via email. Jay Pilgrim at Kentucky We will be back at some point here in the next couple of days. And, uh, uh, really hit reset on everything. Um, we will see you then. The Sources Say Podcast is also brought to you by Andy Ludicky and MyPerfectFranchise.net, a franchise consulting company that helps others find franchises that will fit their needs, skill sets, investment requirements, and time commitment constraints. Andy is a super nice, great to chat with guy big sports fan, by the way, and we're very excited to continue our partnership with him this year. Andy is an experienced entrepreneur and has been helping others go through the same process that changed his life 10 plus years ago. If you are wanting to find a way out of corporate America or a way to diversify, please reach out to Andy as he's got a ton of knowledge in this world. And best of all, his services are 100% free to you. Always nothing ventured, nothing gained. You can learn more and contact Andy anytime at www.myperfectfranchise.net.